So I don't know um, how much of my method that I've uh, shared with you over over the years that I've been here, the years, both of them. But um, what I do try to do with these sermons is I, the first week that I'm looking at this sermon, so um, as uh, we're going to do James 4, 1 through 10, so two, three weeks ago, I started reading James 4, 1 through 10, over and over and over and over again. And I didn't look at the commentaries. I didn't look at anything like that. And then the next week, I look at the commentaries to see if I'm off base. But in that first week, I start to notice some things like sometimes the order of the English translations is slightly different than the Greek. And so we're going to point that out today. Um, This is a little more technical than I would normally do, but the, the shape of today's text requires me to present it the way it is. Okay, so I'm going to read the first four verses of it. Do we have this up there? Do you have quarrels and fights? It's a rhetorical question. How many of you know what a rhetorical question is? Okay, in Greek, in Greek, the technical, the technical form is there's three types of rhetorical questions. Type one, the answer is yes. So whatever it is, you can tell by the form, he presupposes a yes. The second type of rhetorical question, he presupposes a no. And often you see Paul use the third type, which says, uh-uh, not ever. And so those forms, and so this one is a yes question. Let's read this question. There's two of them. Um, it's posed differently in English. What is causing the quarrels and fights amongst you? That is actually, in Greek, it's, are there quarrels and fights amongst you? Obviously, yes, there are. Don't they come from the evil desires that are at war within you? I want to read this in the Greek. It is really clear um, later on in the next one. But the cravings amongst us in the part two, yes, part two, sorry. Thank you. the cravings inside you, the word that we get used cravings there is is the Greek word hedonon, or we get hedonism from that word. And just just to let you know kind of where we're at, you want all this stuff and you just just to have a lavish life. So let's go on with the text. Don't they come from the evil de- desires that war within you? You want what you don't have. You scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have. You can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulteresses. That's the unvarnished Greek there. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. So in the first thing, the technical form of what we got here is the beginning. You're going just at the right pace there. Um, there's, there's four thoughts, and then it comes back, and it forms a, a, a Greek form called a chiasm, and you don't have to remember that, just that the first a will later on have an A prime that, me- that reflects it and B and C. And so it forms this grouping. The first question is obviously a rhetorical question. Do you have fights and quarrels amongst you? And his answer is, 
well, clearly I'm writing this letter because you're having a fight and a quarrel amongst you. So you have them. And then the next one is, what's the source of those? Isn't it that the source of those fights and quarrels, the cravings that you have? And then, and then what are those cravings? What are those cravings? You want what you don't have. Remember, and, and, and here's a second I need to come over here and say, technically, verse 2 is out of order. This is one of those things that when you live in this text and then you look at it in the Greek, it says, you want what you don't have, and then it goes to, you murder and covet. Get it? So let's give me, that, give me D there. You kill and covet. So you want what you don't have, and then sooner or later, if that is unchecked, this is just a diagnosis, isn't it? If that is unchecked in your life and you just keep wanting after something and you don't think, well, maybe I don't need it. But you just keep saying, well, I really want that. I, I, I need, I need to have that. And pretty soon, unchecked in your life, that will come out with, I will do whatever it takes to get it. Hedonism. Right, that's fairly unvarnished in the text. It's right there. Let's give me C prime, the next one down. So here's this verse. Are you ready? And even when you ask, you don't get because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Pleasure. You ask wrongly so you don't get it from God. In the same way, if you're a parent, have you ever had a kid ask you for something you, they just can't have? They can't have it because it's bad for them. And so if you were God and you need to be in this spot, you need to understand that, that if my kids had come to me and said, I want to play in the road, Dad, and you say, well, too bad. That's a bad plan. We're not doing that. We will go over here. No, I really need to interrupt traffic. I need to do that. No. And the answer continues to be no until at some point in time you go out and play on the road and make a mess of it. And then you go, oh, there was wisdom there. Right? Even the kids in the room, you can understand that point, right? If you've asked for something that um, I, the guy I used to coach wrestling with, he would go blow up things all the time. And his kids would ask for Tannerite. Well, maybe not. You know, so here we are. We have this next thing. So what is the next line? So do you see you want what you don't have and you kill and covet to get it because you ask wrongly so you don't get now the next one, which is about the, the next one, adulterous, the cravings inside you. Don't you know that if you love Jesus, you're the bride of Christ? And what do you do if you go after other things? Uh, often the translations here make it look like, like the preacher's looking over there and says, well, you over there, or you over there, you're an adulterer. No, that is not the force of this text. The force of this text is if you do these first five things, this is what you are. Don't you know that you're the bride of Christ, that you're God's intended love, and you're doing this other stuff? Okay? This is the force of this text. I'm just laying this out. The next one. Those things unchecked inside you make you an enemy of God. 
So do you see the reflection across? You kill and covet. Well, God has to resist that, doesn't he? If God's going to be good in your life and you want stuff that you shouldn't have and you keep after it and pretty soon you get to the spot where you say to yourself, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it, you make yourself into a spot where God has to say, no, uh-uh, and you make yourself an enemy. That's the text. That's the first four chapters. There's hope here today. Okay, are you ready? Because this is the first chiasm. See, it makes a little X shape if you go through there. It makes it a little chevron, if you will. A, a up on top. Do you have quarrels and quites? Fights? Yes, if you have quarrels and fights amongst you, you're making yourself an enemy of God. That's the A and A prime. Okay? Let's read the next text. Just leave this here for a second, and I'm going to read the next four verses, okay? If I lost everybody. Okay, you've got it. Okay. I know this is a little more technical. Those of you who are here Wednesday night often get this a little more like, a, like an injection. Yes. Five. This is chapter four, verse five. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Okay, this is another one of those spots where when I'm spending that week where all I do is read the text and then I go back into the Greek and when the word orders are in a different way, like I noticed before, when we said it doesn't say you... It doesn't go back and forth between you want and don't have and murder and covet. It does. It says you want and don't have, and then you murder and covet to get it. I notice that because in the Greek, the word order is different. And when it's different, I start going, hmm, I wonder why the word order is different. Have you ever asked that question when you read something and go, hmm, it just doesn't seem the same? You just notice they're not the same. And you start asking, in a biology class, if you're studying a fish and you have a fish in front of you, the first thing you notice is the fish. And I've got two things in front of me and they're different. What's different? Here's another one. In the Greek, um, the word God is not in this sentence. It says it, uh, one alternative translation, which I think is probably a little better, but it's a higher reading level than most of the Bibles are at, is does the spirit which he made within us, is it supposed to crave enviously? Is the spirit that God put within you supposed to crave enviously? Is it supposed to be a hedonistic spirit? Did God give you a spirit so that you could just crave after everything and go to war for it? It's a rhetorical question. Type three, absolutely not. You can almost hear Paul screaming if this had been Paul. But it's not, it's James, where he says, absolutely not. It's a rhetorical question that says, no, not ever, not ever. Okay, so start to bring me up this next one, next slide. Was your spirit made to crave? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is the next one. Did I, I didn't read that yet, did I? Did I stop? I did. Good. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us, which I just translated for you, does the spirit which he made within us, is it supposed to crave? 
And he, but he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let the, there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. That's verses 5 through 9. Just as we do this, what is my favorite word in the scripture? But. We're in this spot. But God. So we're doing two things here. We're doing Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is death. That's the first little chiasm there. If you do this, it's bad for everybody. The wages of sin, you've earned the wages for the work you've done. But the gift of God is eternal life. That's John or Romans 3.23. And we're also doing no man can serve two masters. Remember in James, if it's in James, it's in Jesus. And if Jesus is saying something, he's saying, nobody can serve two masters. You will either love the first and hate the second or love the second and hate the first. Okay? So here we are. Is your, was your spirit made to crave? No, it wasn't made for that, but it's doing it. But God gives grace. And, but he resists the proud. So this is the nexus of where we're at. We're right in this spot where we're doing stuff and God is resisting us. And if you want to know why he's resisting us, it's because your spirit wasn't made for that. And he wants you to do what your spirit was made for, which was not to crave and not to kill and not to destroy. Whew. Isn't that good news? You weren't made for that. How do you get out of it? The next one, God resists the proud. See the next one down. Submit yourselves to God. That's the form of the thing. If you submit yourselves to God, the next one, next slide, and you resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let's take just a moment and, and, and sit in this thing. If we were doing the Lord's Prayer today, what in the Lord's Prayer would we have here? We would have, I'm way off my notes, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Do we resist? Do you have the power to resist the devil on your own? Is, is the question from the Lord's Prayer. No, God, help us. He's too much for us. Help. But your spirit was not made to sort of help him. Just resist a little bit and he'll flee from you. Now we come back, back down through the next C, the next slide down. Okay, I just did the whole thing so you can see this because I didn't want to be too pedantic and just keep going like this. But if you draw near to God, C3, C subprime 3, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So if you submit yourself and humble yourself, you do that. How do you do that? How do you do that? You cleanse your hearts and hands and your spirit from the inside out is how you stop the arguments amongst you outside in the room. You start on the inside and you go, I'm going to own my own damage. Or if you are in AA, step four through eight, you start taking responsibility for what's inside of you and go, I don't want to be that way anymore. 
Now, for me, that's, that's much simpler to sort of line out this way. How is it that I've stopped doing some of the things I used to do? Well, personally, I usually do things and have to say sorry for them long enough that I start to feel bad about saying sorry and feeling stupid for saying sorry. So I have to change and stop saying sorry and say, don't you think it's about time to stop having to apologize for that? Let's change. Is that about how it works for you? That's how it works for me. I'm a little hard-headed. I get that. But this is how you cleanse your hands and purify your hearts. How do you do that? You lament and mourn for what's going on. Okay, next slide. I just want to take this next slide. These are the two Ds. You kill and covet to get the stuff. How do you get out of that situation? These are the two centers of those two chiasms. You kill and covet. How do you get out of that? You resist. You say, God help. Because it's too much for you, so he'll help. But your spirit wasn't made for this to beginning. Next slide. If all the C's line up, you want what you don't have. You ask wrongly so you don't get it. How do you get out of that situation? Submit yourself to God. Draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. The text, I hate to say this, I said this early on. Thank you so much for suggesting James. It is gorgeous to read. I hope this is helpful for you to see the structure actually of this thing just is gorgeous. How about the next one? Let's line up the bees. Your cravings are inside you. It makes you adulteresses and friends of the world. But God gives grace and resists this. And he cleanses, he helps, he comes to you so you can cleanse your hearts and purify your hands, right? That's what this is about. Next slide. Do you have quarrels and fights? Uh Uh-huh. I've seen them. I mean, in Colville, is there quarrels and fights in Colville? Yeah. Is there quarrels and fights in our denomination? Yeah. uh Do sometimes we uh, we all agree on everything all the time, don't we? It's a rhetorical question. Your wishes, these things that make you quarrel, the things we're striving after, make us an enemy of God. How do we fix that? Well, your spirit wasn't made for this. Lament and mourn over it. How do we do this? Next slide. Just give me the whole thing. This is verse 10. I'm going to read it right here, just in its full force. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. But what does that mean? Well, he'll lift you up. Well, friendship with God. If you go through these steps, and you do all this stuff, and you lament and mourn, and you start to change your life, and you say, God, I want to be your friend, and you're going to be your friend, and and pretty soon, that starts to change you inside. Remember, all our external quarrels come from internal cravings. And if we start to put a bit and a bridle in the mouth of that horse and turn it just a little bit, pretty soon we're starting to try to be friends with God. And of course, when he, when we're friends with God, I need to make sure that you know this, that every time you make a move towards God, he honors it. 
doesn't matter how small or how big, how big the two by four was that got to make you change or how often you had to apologize. But when you say, I'm not doing that anymore, help me, and you resist the devil, he flees. God comes near. He doesn't flee because you resisted. He flees because God's coming near and he can't be in that spot. But if we change our internal cravings and, and we become friends with God, not only do we become friends with God, suddenly our relationships with each other get easier because we're not longing after things that we shouldn't have. We're longing after things. In, in my life, the statement that first came to me on this was, I, I really do want every single thing that God has for me in my life. Can you say that to yourself? Whatever God has, I want that. The converse to that becomes, whatever he doesn't have, I don't want it. If it's not for me, don't give it to me. That's, that's a next step in, isn't it? To start to actually not want the stuff that he... Look, I just want your will. I know my stuff's bad, and I, but I know my spirit was made to be friends with God. But when I become friends with God and those cravings are turned, I put the bit in that horse's mouth and start to turn it to friendship with God. Friendship with others becomes so much easier. And, and if you want me to tell you why, it's because of this. You're not putting logs on the fire of the anger. And they're having trouble arguing with you because you're not fueling the fire. You don't give them reason to quarrel. Now they're going to quarrel anyway. And so will we, because this is not immediate. But God gives grace. But God gives grace. So, so are we fighting amongst us? Sometimes we will. We will disagree. But God gives grace. Or as the sign in the hallway says, here we may agree or disagree, but always within a spirit of love. What does that mean? That is a logical outworking of this text. I want to read the whole thing to you one more time, and then I'm going to pray. Is that all right? You see this... I didn't go over everybody. I didn't lose you in the technicalities today. Good. Whew. Thought I might. What is causing the quarrels and fights amongst you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulteresses. Don't you realize that friendship in the wor- with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him, and he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. 
Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and the gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves for the Lord, before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word, which, which brings us into one-on-one contact with you. Help us to recognize that our internal stuff sooner or later comes out. Move within our hearts so that we might be your friend and then friends in Christ with others. In your precious name, amen.